Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a focus episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the topics of the day. Well, we're sitting here this morning having a great chat. We thought we better push record. It often happens. Things get rolling, and I forget to push the record button. But I'm sitting here with Bobby Reset, founder and CEO at, Vir- at the is it Virtual Gurus or The Virtual Gurus? It's Virtual Gurus. Uh, the domain is thevirtualgurus.com. Startup CEO in Calgary uh, on a rapid success train. It looks like, which from the outside, it probably looks like it's all, sh- it's all, it's all like red carpet events and you know shiny, shiny lights going down as you guys. But let's talk about how long. Tell us a little bit about Virtual Gurus and a little bit how you get started. And then we'll then we'll take the conversation from there. That's great. Yeah, you know, I was talking with a friend the other day where you're right. On, on the outside, it looks all shiny lights and like <laughs> everything is together nicely. But on the inside, it's it's just like Rom, all over the place and, and you got to try to catch up. And um, But I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, so Virtual Gurus, I launched it uh, just almost five years ago now, which is crazy for, well, 2016. And uh, But we didn't really get our first clients until near the end of 2016. Okay. Uh, under the corporation. And uh, when I first started, I was actually being the virtual assistant myself. Uh, so just to kind of back up a little bit, but okay. when I first launched Virtual Gurus, I started becoming the virtual assistant myself um, and logging into companies like Upwork and Fiverr, like our competitors now, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. Uh, because I needed to become a freelancer because I got laid off my oil and gas job. And I love the, I love the necessity of the mother of all invention story at the end of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I uh, signed up to these companies, I was bidding very low. Uh, our competitors or my competitors were all offshore. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I surely there were people that wanted that onshore uh, work and that support. Okay. So that's essentially where the idea of the whole virtual gurus came. But I ended up being the virtual assistant for my first 19 clients. And then I brought on my first virtual assistant. And then from there, I started building out the platform based on how fast we were growing. Based on the uh, interesting, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love the real hands-on. Like you got in there and you you experienced it. You rolled up your sleeve. You did the thing. You, yeah, best way yeah. to figure out what's working, what's not working, right? <laughs> exactly. And and, yeah, and to be clear, you guys are North American. Like these are because we. I, I just said we all. Many of us have tried the virtual assistant, the Fiverr, and the the offshoring. And for me, it wasn't a good experience. So I tried it a couple times, and then I just stopped. And I haven't gone back to it. I'm assuming I, I'm going to be bold to assume that that's a common story out there. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. In fact. Um, we often have clients that come to us. We're obviously a little bit higher in charge and cost, but that's mm-hmm. because we pay fair wage. Um, everybody that works for us in Canada, uh, we make sure, you know, they're all, they all are people that this is their, their livelihood. This is their job. This is what they do. They're part of the gig economy. Yes. I was, I was, I was going to, I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, is so, it's so interesting, the side hustle and all these terms in the last five to 10 years that, you know, uh, it used to be being an entrepreneur was a dirty word. Like when I was in school, that's what you didn't do when you didn't have a career. I just, I love how it's changed and created so much more permissibility for all these things to take hold. Right. I mean, gig economy, sharing economy, talent economy, it's all completely the same now, like driving yes. economy, everything. Um, and, and that was the thing where these people come in there, they, a lot of them couldn't, couldn't uh, afford to go and, you know, pay for childcare for their children. So they would need to work from home, right? Because we try to hire a lot of um, underrepresented folks and marginalized folks. uh, Okay. So that that, that is part of your, because, you know, you think of this platform in the middle, you've got the customers on one side and you've got the service providers on the other and figuring out the profiles. So you guys have specifically done it in a way where you're there to help people that, uh, are not going to necessarily fit into the mold of a traditional job environment. Exactly. And, and um, you know, when I first started Virtual Gurus, um, I struggled to find work myself. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I have some tattoos and being an Indigenous woman, it was really, I struggled. And uh, so that was kind of the mandate that I set out for myself from the beginning. So right now, Virtual Gurus uh, comprises of, of 95% women. 65% uh, people of color and 45% are part of the LGBTQ uh, transgender community. Those are some powerful statistics. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just, and 
as from a marketing perspective, is it the way that you message to, to attract those different groups or is it that you have specific mechanisms in place that you reach out and connect into those communities? Just as we're in a time now when I think we're companies more than ever before, which is finally it's yeah. over, long overdue, are looking at diversification and looking at the at their practices of like, and I've heard companies, I'll be blunt, oh, we don't discriminate and yet, but yet we're 95% Caucasian, we're percent white. But we don't, I feel it's almost, that was the new action of like, you need, it's not about not discriminating, it's about being deliberate to create that kind of diversity. Exactly. Is that, how have you guys done that to ensure you've got those kind of impressive diversification in your numbers? Well, I think a lot of it is, is on my story. Um, you know, right. my story is out there on everywhere. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people see that and they see the, the, the message I'm trying to get out where. We have work for uh, people uh, who feel marginalized or who people are even just in remote communities who don't can't find work. You know, um, we don't ask any sort of those questions on the hiring process or the onboarding process. We don't ask those questions. We don't think that people should ask those questions. In fact, yeah. we feel that all those questions should be removed from the applications of regular jobs. They shouldn't be asking what is your gender. We shouldn't be asking any of that stuff. So we don't ask those questions. Um, we we base it on skills and uh, you know people that uh, we want to give opportunity to. So in indigenous communities, we will plug them through our virtual gurus academy, which is also uh, through virtual gurus, where it's an academy where you can basically learn how to be a virtual assistant. And um, we plug them through there; they get certified, and then they can come through uh, and we work. And so we we provide a lot of training uh, for them as well. Which is, which is so critical. An opportunity is one thing, but if you don't have the skills, it's hard to take advantage of an opportunity. So there really, really is part and parcel. When you first got into it, did you, was that part of it or was that one of those? And hey, I've been on the entrepreneurial journey. Sometimes things show up. Was that yeah. part of the plan all along or as you kind of got down the path and it, it just also thinking to anyone who's running any kind of a startup or you know the audience out there listening to it, the ability to pivot and go, oh, I didn't see that as this opportunity or barrier. Boom, let's go. Did How much of this kind of showed up for you along the journey versus versus the master plan concept. Well, it, it, it <laughs> she laughed at the word master plan. <laughs> that's, that's the, um, it was not in the master plan. In fact, I don't even know what was in the master plan at the time when I started, touché, touché. Um, you know, cause Oh my gosh, everything has changed so much from then. Um, but, uh, no, I, I would say that it probably came in in about, uh, two or three years when, uh, after, so I mean, we really launched 2016, I'd say probably 2018, I really started realizing that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and we were starting to draw those people anyway from my story being out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that that it just started going in that direction naturally on its own, to be honest. And um, and then now we're an advocate for it because we often see, uh, you know, companies that, that, for one, for instance, don't put their statistics on their websites, like, you know, how we have on ours, how much, yep. how many people, the different communities we have. And, uh we started seeing that and we started looking more on the social impact side of it. Uh, and then we started really turning into more of a social good while providing work. And so it kind of went into that, but it also probably came out by just mostly my story and, and it's going in that way. So, yeah. Well, as the, as the leader and as someone who kind of, you know, you, 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 this was a bit of necessity and also part of your process, like listen to you, you know, like I need, I was out of work. I needed to find it. I couldn't find something that was a solution for I created. It's like, it's like the entrepreneur basic kind of find, find the need and then fill it and then watch it expand. Yeah. Is it also, do you think timing? It also is just, is our, are we, were we just ready for this as the sharing economy becomes, you know, the whole, like, don't stay to stranger's house and don't jump in a car with a stranger. All those things we got taught when we were younger, they got thrown out the window in the last 10 years. I'm assuming is, is there, are you seeing more of an openness for organizations? big or small to also engage these types of services because oh. I've, I've been in many boardrooms where like oh, I tried that once it was you know crap and then you're seeing a different generation I'm seeing of going no 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 let's try again like it's evolving it's okay those were early days it, let's go back let's go back to it has that also been a thing over the last five years for you definitely I mean you know the one thing um, is that we've noticed from our first clients were were really just maybe single entrepreneurs um, entrepreneurs with one to two size micro size businesses um, and now we're getting large corporations requesting us we've actually had requests for people wanting um, up to 8,000 hours a month of services we actually are working on a quite a large partnership right now uh, where they're gonna need like probably anywhere from two to five hundred virtual systems from us. 
Um, and how and many? So, that, well, okay, just put that in the context. That seems like a big eighth. Yeah, I work in a company where we use billable hours. When I hear eight thousand hours a month, that's a real number. Like, gets my that gets my attention. How many virtual assistants do you guys have right now? Do you? I'm assuming that's a gauge from a supply and demand perspective, right? So, and and we'll go into the the supply and demand is also like that's the one thing about a marketplace platform is you're always going to run into the chicken and an egg, yeah. um, situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, the demand, and you got to just kind of work your way up the ladder like equally because if you have too much supply in your platform with very little demand, you're not going to get a good name for yourself and it's not going to be a good, it's going to be a messy situation, right? So um, so what we've done is we've equaled it out where we bring in the supply to match with the demand coming in. And what we do is we have a whole bunch of them that are in basically an escrow waiting account. So they're all okay. reported, they're waiting, they need to come fully onboarded and sign the contract because we want to sign it in real time. And then they are come in. So in that list right now, I believe we have about 6,000. That's impressive. And, okay. Yeah, yeah, and then and, all, and all, all across North America, is it what what portion of that would be Canada versus the U.S.? Um, ninety nine percent Canada. We are starting. Oh, to cool. Okay. Yeah. Excuse my ignorance. I didn't realize that there was all. Uh, that's 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 awesome. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're starting to actually bring in U.S. VAs as well. Now these six thousand aren't fully activated yet. They're they're mm -hmm. waiting. so. Should we get a large account like this big partnership we're working on? We do have the um the supply now. Obviously, it's a lot. It's a big. It's a big show. Like you would have to actually onboard these people, get the contracts, and bring them in. So we're automating the onboarding process right now, um, okay. and we're essentially completing the marketplace. So, in the back end of Virtual Gurus, what people don't see is we have a full community of all virtual assistants, a whole Slack community, and then a whole community of the marketplace where we have their profiles, their star ratings, everything. Um, and then we have that in the back end, but we also have our Slack app that we're launching right away called Ask Betty in the back end. And then we have hmm. stats in the back end, and then we have um, our onboarding process in the back end as well which we're working on right now. And once we're finished, that is going to complete the marketplace. And so it all just go into its well circle. For anyone who can't see, you're drawing a nice circle right now with I your know, finger. Totally like, no, no, I get it. I love it. I, I'm a hand it. talker as well. So like for everyone to see right now, it's it's the full cycle, which I'm sure you've been building that circle over yeah. and over again for the last I four, four and a half years. Head, like I sleep and I dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see it in your, mind, in your mind's eye. So starting this thing in Calgary, and you know, are are you are you from Calgary? Are you like from Alberta, Western Canada? I'm from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Okay, curious. How has it been like for talent and resources and people to help you? Because these things don't build themselves, and it needs a team. And how has that journey been for you as a as a tech startup? And we can talk about maybe some of the other challenges you've dealt. You mentioned offline about being a woman who was never involved in tech coming in with quote unquote a big idea. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very, very thankful and lucky that I surrounded myself with some phenomenal people. Um, the first couple of years, I was really doing it on my own. Um, I did bring in a fella who helped me, but we separated ways. Uh, and so then I took over CEO and, and full uh, partnership or ownership of it. Um, and then uh, from there, I had mentorships because I was actually in Arlene Dickinson's um uh, accelerator and I was assigned oh, okay. three three mentors and one of them well two of them are still my mentors but one of them actually came on as a shareholder and uh, he really helped me build up the whole tech and he has to be CTO for some pretty large companies so That's he awesome. was able to help me really solidify the whole back end because at that point this was a couple years ago we were still doing everything by Excel because we were not I'm not super techie right so we were still doing it by Excel sheets and uh, so we came in and fully onboarded it uh, built it into uh, you know made it all automated and he helped with all of that and then just recently because I could I didn't have the money because we were bootstrapping Mm -hmm. um, we finally were able to onboard a COO and, uh, she started in January and, oh my God, life has just been like, congratulate, congratulate your, your whole demeanor, your, your face yeah. just lit up when you talked about her. Uh, <laughs> yes. Angels are singing and yeah. 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 Harps in the background. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Um, so many of my hats just started having to peel off after that and, and she just full operations. Um, and, uh, it's just when amazing and now we're able to really focus on all of the other parts of the marketplace like ask betty and 
and everything. So. That's like uh, partnership with yeah. Slack. Congratulate. Like that's a huge kind of validation to the market and the exposure that that's going to create for you on a broader scale. Like yeah. you're not just the Calgary startup story anymore. When you get associations like that, you become yeah. the, you becomes more the like, Oh geez, they're based in Calgary. Where is Calgary? Like, you know, that's, you start getting to the other side of that story. Yeah. No, how many, yeah. So I'm curious, how many people in virtual gurus are like, that seems like a weird question. Is your whole team virtual? Do you have full-time team? Like, I'm just thinking about your team makeup in yeah. terms of you have access to this huge pool of talent as well. That must be selfishly, that must be great as a CEO. <laughs> it is. It is like all of our stuff, our websites, our marketing, everything is done from our talent pool. They're all like everything, our social media, everything is our talent pool that does it all for us. Um, my, well, and they're in the race for talent. You, you've got the one up on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's That's the one thing that we did is we built a massive community of fantastic talent in the back end. Um, yeah, no, I think that, uh, what was the question? Sorry. Uh, just talking about doing this in Calgary, and you, know, you you touched on something that I thought was really interesting around the you didn't have a technical background, but you had an idea that required a lot of tech, and you were able to find mentors in Calgary through Arlene's program. So just I'm always you know as Calgary transitions, and as you know from listening a little bit of the show, a lot of this conversation is based around economic transformation in Calgary. What are we doing well? What's holding us back? What can we do better? So hearing your journey of being a non-tech, you know individual, but having an idea that tech can accelerate and being able to do that here, to me, that's a real pot. That's a great story to hear. Definitely. We have, uh, so our operations center is here in Calgary. Um, and so all of our staff, so we have, we do have a full operation staff. Uh, so okay. we have client success managers, sales team, um, a billing department, and we have an onboarding team. Um, and we all work actually out of the work nicer. And I know that you'd, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that whole yeah. team down there. Yeah. So <laughs> Alex, is, Alex is great. <laughs> oh, I love them. Um, so we have a few offices in that space. Uh, down oh, space. very cool. Which, which space are you guys in? Red Mile. Oh, nice. I was in there the other day uh, with uh, doing some doing a podcast recording because I know they're getting their podcast booth going. So I came in to do a recording and do one on, do one on site just to be get the support and kind of be involved with them. I think, yeah, I think he's created something really special there from a yeah. culture and just an energy perspective. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's wonderful. We're on the second floor um, and we have two offices now and then a middle space that they gave for okay. us. So it's, yep. it's been great. Um, we're starting to go back to work now because of the whole COVID thing, but uh, we're, we're starting, we're back now and we're all back full time. Uh, next Monday, so that's good. And for you guys, how was the how was the pivot? You know, you are virtual virtual gurus, so the, they would imply that the working from home was pretty easy for you guys. <laughs> Maybe that's an oversimplification. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think that we were prepared for this because we have like four years ahead of a lot of people who weren't prepared for this. Um, yeah. So a lot of people did reach out to us. We reached out to a lot of people to offer offer our support uh, for us. It didn't really change too much for us. Um, we did notice quite a few of our clients needed to quit because they lost all of their coins. So we yes. would put them on pause. We we, we would waive their 30 to cancellations. We tried to do whatever we could to help. Um, we actually initiated a program of our people over profit and uh, we gave 110 startups free services for a month just to help oh, wow. right on. all being affected by it. So we wanted yeah. to make sure we could help them in some way. And uh, we gave SMBs 40% off. And uh, so that really, that really was good. You know, I obviously okayed it with my investors first to make sure. Yeah, but it kept everybody engaged, kept everybody busy. And there was, you know, I, I try to see as many of the positives out of COVID. Obviously it was an incredibly negative situation, but the in it together mindset that I think it brought to not only Calgary, but just as globally, when's the last time we were all, you know, I had, I had a guest say like, when are we, when's the last time we all were brought to our knees at the same time? Exactly. <laughs> And you know what can I do to help? To me, was the best question to ask anyone during that time, and still is. It still is. It's not over. I don't want to make it sound like past tense. It's still a reality in our world for sure. And you know, the one thing that I, I mean, honestly, Calgary, like everybody pulled through, and just like you said, people were reaching out to me. How are you guys doing? Are you guys okay? How are you doing, Bobby? My investors one by one reached out to me. Um, a lot of support groups, and we needed to make sure we were supporting our VAs as well, and all of our because they were losing clients and. Uh, you know, so we had a values check-in in community in our backend mm -hmm. and yes. everybody would check in. We would, um, every Friday we would have a community where I would show up to, uh, where the VAs would all come and I would be there. Oftentimes I'm not able to be there. So they're finally like, oh, we can see, we can meet Bobby. And, you know, um, so I would show up and I would talk to people and I really, you know, it was, it was good. It was good to see everybody come together and, and it encouraged us to make sure we were there for our people too.
Yeah. Which is such a, you know, and talking to, I did a few, I did a few episodes on leadership uh, with a few different guests and they were very popular because I think everyone was struggling of like, how do I show up as a leader? I don't necessarily have all the answers. I'm, you know, I'm supposed to have all the answers, but no, no one's almost expecting you to, cause we're all going through this. It was a challenging time to be a leader. And I think everybody got tested, which is it's when you, that's, that's unfortunately it's the tough times when you learn the best, the, 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 the most profound lessons or certainly in my, for me anyways, the good times, the good times I'm rolling along. Everything's great. It's the left hook that makes me pay attention. It is, you're right. <laughs> Totally. And I mean, everybody had to pivot, everyone, right? And yeah. that was the thing where it was like, all right, here we go. And it was just like hard left. Everybody's gone that way now. And we all yes. have to figure out what we're doing. And, um, you know, we had to pivot too. And and it worked out for us in the end. Um, we still experienced about a 30% month over growth. And uh, so we were- Oh, congratulations. That's Yeah. We, and, and during the COVID, um, we had a lot of time on our hands because we weren't in the office and, and clients were a little quiet. And, you know, so we really focused on Ask Betty and finalizing Ask Betty, um, you know, so that was really good uh, to be able to do that. So we're able to launch it now. Um, I'm always, I'm very impressed with, again, not never wait, never waste a good crisis. And I know that can sound like a callous statement, yeah. but you've got this extra time. And I know, I don't know how many days I had to like, don't waste this time. Don't waste this, these hours at home. Don't waste this opportunity to connect on the business at a different level. Yeah. And I, 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 that sense of urgency around, like, I want to make sure that I can look back and go, I did the best with the time I had. And I, I, I talked to a lot of companies that took very much that mindset. Yeah, which which I think is that is you know that's the entrepreneurial way, right? Like lean in, the dig, dig in, dig in a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so many, so many. I have a million. I have so many questions. A million questions. <laughs> Disgustingly curious. I was called the other day by someone. It was the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thinking about coming out of this though, and I think about how businesses are relooking at what remote work even is, and the ability to. Uh, this old adage, like you're not creating value unless I can see you. And that is very much feels like a throwback to the industrial age. Well, it is actually punch the clock and be on, on site. I can only see this transition of the appreciation of work can be done from anywhere being up, being a positive for you guys coming out of this. I can only imagine this is going to set you. If anyone was questioning your value, I think now it's undebatable. <laughs> I, I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing where, where people are now saying, okay, you know what? Well, okay, maybe virtual gurus is onto something because now <laughs> it's, not just, it's not just some harebrained scheme, <laughs> right? But now everybody's realizing how efficient your workers are actually from working from uh, working from home. You know, um, you know, and and I I, I don't. Like, I'm not going to tell people, go and make sure you all work from home because we need to support the companies that are out there that, you know, that are are doing it, their hard work of providing space for you to work in, you know, and local companies, especially and stuff. So I'm never going to say that. But for us, we I want my operations center together. I want my operations staff together in the office together. And, um, you know, and uh, the remote workers, though, they can all be from home and and they're gig workers. So a lot of them do work like with Uber and skip the dishes. And, and a lot of them have other gigs with um, other gig workers, working jobs. So. Which I think you're right. I think it, it was so easy to take. And I've talked to a few CEOs and uh, was on a call with a bunch of agency owners. The other day. It was just interesting to hear how they were all like, you know, when you take people in different industries, it's it's one thing. But if you're all kind of doing the same thing, but you hear one group is all about getting back to the office. Other group is all about remote. Yeah. What I love is there's no right answer anymore. No. It's a different and, and there isn't all from home or all from the office. I think the blend and, you know, I've been joking around something someone said to me the other day, like, oh, we're going to become a Tuesday company. We're, we're in the office, everyone on Tuesdays, and the rest of the time, you can be wherever it's the most convenient for you. And just some of those new thinkings that I think we're going to take years to ever get traction. COVID basically flipped, pivoted it overnight. And I, I love the, oh, wow, we just went through a, like a basically a three-month case study. And, it, and it, it worked out for most, for most, for a lot of companies, especially in the knowledge-based world. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing that happens when layoffs, so at the beginning of pandemic, uh, at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, there were a lot of people that were, everybody was in panic mode, right? And yeah. so in panic survival, mode, survival, laying people off, like all you have hearing was, oh, I'm laying this off, or these people are being laid off. And, you know, there was companies that were laying like everybody off. And, and it was like, maybe just, Try to spend a little bit of time really trying to pivot and 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 seeing what you can do, yep. um, you know, before we go that way because a lot of people's livelihoods were at risk. And uh, you know, the one thing is 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 a lot of people that got laid off because first people to get laid off in any industry is always the administration staff. Yes. Um, and so a lot of them came to us, and so we ended up getting a ton of administration staff folks, and you know, because they can be shared between multiple companies, and then they have the freedom to work from home. Um, some of them are returning back to their 
workplace okay. is great. Um, we want to see that because we want people to have those full-time jobs. And, uh, you know, but the fact that they've now experienced working with you, if they want to make a little extra, they've got some time or, you know, it's February and you're like, you know what, I'm home at night after work. Why? So I, I, that's what I love about that gig economy is that they can kind of pop in and pop out once they learn like the ability to have flexibility and have choice and more options. That's the part I really love about all this gives everybody way more choices. You're not tied to a specific job because you live in a specific place. The world now becomes a potential customer. And that to me, that's an exciting shift that technology is really facilitating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that with uh, what we do is, is we provide dedicated assistance on the virtual guru side to mm-hmm. um, So part of our mandate is we want to make sure that you make a re- uh, relationship with your virtual assistant, your admin person. This person is your person that you can even meet. You can request them to be local to you, whatever you want. Um, and uh, we want that relationship to build and we want them to be your dedicated. You don't necessarily need an admin person eight hours a day sitting there. In fact, back yeah. in the day, you usually walk into receptionists or admin staff and they're usually kind of bored, right? Because it's, they don't have full on work. So that VA has other work to do while she's still servicing with you or she or he is still servicing with you. So, um, it's back to back to the shared economy. Like you're just sharing that resource now that you only need for the couple hours a day. That those couple hours are really important, but then you end up paying for the other six where everybody's there. You're not happy and they're bored as well. Like they're not stimulated. They're not engaged. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, it, just the opportunity to do things to do things better. You mentioned that you bootstrapped the majority of it and you've just finished a first round. Were you able, and again, I don't know what you want to get into details with like, was, was that a raise? Was that strictly Calgary-based raise? Did you have to go outside of Calgary? Yeah. Um, a lot of the guests I've been having on, we've been having conversations about how capital moves in the city and how capital was very used to an oil and gas story. And they were very comfortable with that investment because yeah. we have no lack of capital in the city. We just are it's a new journey of where that capital is getting deployed. What, like, what's that experience been for you? Well, I went through 170 no's before I got my 10 yeses. Um, so just, uh, which, which, cha- which chapter of your book is that going to be? <laughs> this, the gray hair we were talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hard earned, hard won. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, it took me, you know, almost a year to raise my first round. And again, you know, um, Exactly. You, you hit the nail on the head that there's a lot of capital in Calgary and there's a lot of capital well, in Alberta, but I don't think the capital is being distributed into the startups that people are, um, you know, that are there and that, you know, I think that there's a lot of, unfortunately, picking and choosing instead of what is, is this company, if they're bootstrapping to 1.3 million, how come they're not investable where, you know, people are saying no to that. So I went out of Calgary and I ended up actually going out to even New York and Brooklyn, the Valley, everywhere, um, Toronto. Uh, so I do have a couple investors here in Calgary. Um, okay. And so they're social groups. So one is the 51. They're fantastic. They're, they're really out there trying to promote more, uh, female founders. Um, because yes, I had uh, I had Judy Fairburn on. Yes, way back, and she is just an absolute powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen them; they're they're really ramping up their social media now, talking about what they're doing. So that's great that you're involved in them. Yeah. I think I'm a huge supporter of that organization. Absolutely love them and uh, friends for life with those guys. They're just amazing. <laughs> and then we are our lead investor is based out of Vancouver. Uh, okay, and they're an indigenous capital fund. Uh, so okay. Yeah, so that's why now we have an indigenous um, social impact side as well, which is obviously on hold because of COVID. But uh, one of the uh, things that we want to do is be able to go into indigenous communities and provide accelerators to teach indigenous folks how, uh, to become freelancers so that they can work. And, Excellent. You know, Excellent. There's not a lot of work out there. Um, so mm-hmm. that's that's going to be happening soon. Well, I guess it's going to be on hold for a bit. Um, but uh, so, yeah, for raising the round, I struggled in Calgary. Um, Raised for a year, nobody, you know, nobody. But Toronto absolutely loved us. Everybody out there, um, you know. And at one point, we were. Uh, that's I'm hearing these stories over and over again that people are having to go outside of our our walls, not because there isn't money here. It's just not used to investing in these types of opportunities. Yeah, mm. and, and you know, mm. that's the thing. Like people here say, "Well, we don't want to invest in marketplaces." Well, marketplaces that have figured out, let's say the chicken and the egg or marketplaces yeah, yes. building, like, you know, just like communal, like they're essentially like that. And like us, and there's, there we're, we're, we're a couple successful freelancing companies based here in Calgary that we should have gotten a lot more, um, 
just mm-hmm. here, you know. Well, and you and you both and the Camino story as well. Like you both put your own skin in the game. You both established a level of success. It wasn't where you know you just didn't have a PowerPoint and an idea. Yeah. You actually went in with a proven business model, which, in my experience, that checks that moves you way farther up the up the chain in terms of just it's proven. Yeah. It's, it's not just not just a you know a quote unquote a harebrained scheme. Right. But you know you know what they say though. They say once you get your first round out of the way. <laughs> Then people are, you know, golden after that. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, the rush, the rush to be second is a real thing. <laughs> right. And I mean, so we raised one point two five million for our first round. Nice. I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So we closed it literally right before, like, uh, three weeks before COVID hit. So. Oh, did you feel that? You feel that that bullet kind of graze your brow? You're like, whoo, we got just under the wire on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly felt so bad. I tried not to. Uh, shine the light on that too much because a lot of my startup friends were in the middle of a round and COVID hit and it just ruined it for them. And, you know, and, and, and it's just, so so I try to be like mom about that because I feel bad for them. Um, but yeah, we just, that's, there's nothing more frustrating than when it was not your, like it was truly outside of your control like that as an entrepreneur, which I get you go through that all the time, but Oh man, that drives me just up the wall. It's like, I did, I did everything quote unquote, right. And then something externalized happened, but uh, right. But is it, have you being involved, <clears throat> being involved in that community? Are you seeing is, is there activity or things coming back? Cause I've talked to a few different people and they've said, you know, there's going to be this gap, <clears throat> but there's also going to be pent up like money that needs to get into market and companies that want to take advantage. Have we got, or are you involved enough to, are we, are we starting to get closer to that now? Are you seeing some activity happening in your community? I am. Yeah. 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 I can see investors are getting out there more. In fact, in this last couple of weeks, I've received tons of emails. Um, we actually had somebody from Indeed um, call and uh, they wanted to chat with us. Indeed is a huge um, employment mm-hmm. platform. And we had a big call with them about um, their, you know, for one acquisition, but for, you know, mergers and acquisition is their their thing. Um, but because they realize that marketplaces is the thing right now, they are looking to acquire uh, successful marketplaces and they're looking in smaller communities like here, uh, which is interesting. Ah, interesting. That's a, that's a, that's a nice, that's kind of a validation phone call to get, isn't it? <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting that indeed themselves was actually calling me. So um, yeah, it wasn't not a broker, not a third party. It was actually somebody that, you know, they were doing their research and you were on their list. Yeah. They were sitting around the board table saying you should check out virtual gurus in Calgary. It's like, Oh, Hey, you know, um, but yeah, it, no, I love it. Yeah. Someone in a boardroom said, Hey, check out these guys. I saw, you know, that's, there's a fun when you think about that just as a, as, as a validating check mark for you guys, that's kind of a cool, like, okay, well, we've made it to that level. That's cool. (laughs) But we're not ready for that. Like we're still, we just tipped to the iceberg. Like, yeah, we started almost five years ago, but we weren't really actually for two years in, we can officially say maybe two years ago, we really, really started. Um, But uh, you know, we still have a long way to go and we want to finish the marketplace and with Ask Betty launching and uh, you know there's just so much opportunity still to be had and you know we are always getting investors reaching out now um so i do my quote oh, so that's so kind of proving true a little bit that now all of a sudden you're on you're on the radar you're you've been validated yeah, been validated i think <laughs> um, <but laughs> that's, that's exciting are like my current investors are just like you know what? No, let's keep it with us and we're good. And you know, it's, and it's yep. good because they have my full back. Like they fully support what we're doing and how we're doing and they see the financials and they love it. And so it's nice to have that. I think I've done- when, when, when you were out there, you said you hundred, what was it? 170 no's? What was, what was 170 no's? And for you, when you, when you started getting those yeses and how important was that fit for you? Cause there's one thing to get, there's one thing to write a check. And I've had a lot of startups talk about you know, I, I need more than the check. I need support. I need mentorship. I need introductions. I need all the things that are going to come. The money's helpful, but like as we know in business, it's more than just that. Yeah. So for you, I guess, how much was that part of your vetting process of not just grabbing that first check that showed up? Yeah. It, I mean, I said, you know, when I say uh, there was 170 no's, I've said no to quite a few of those myself. Like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't clarify whose no's they were. I'm yeah. glad we circled back on that. You That's know, good. Um, so it, it was something where, where for me, it was important so that um, whoever came on board uh, with virtual groups and whoever became an investor understood my, not only the social media that I wanted to do, but also understood who I am as an indigenous person, LGBTQ person. And I want mm-hmm. to make sure that they understood that I'm never going to shy away from that. And because there were investors that I did go in and pitch and they would be like, well, maybe you could just cover your tattoos or maybe you don't have to tell people that you have um, um, 45% LGBTQ people. I'm like, no, I need that comment makes me need to say that, you know? Yes. Um, and uh, there- that's interesting. That, I'm, I'm not surprised to, obviously you re- I'm sure 
that discrimination and it, 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 it exists everywhere. So of course I can only imagine it's going to exist on that investor journey. Right. And I mean, it's not, not to say, you know, it's like for me, I don't feel have any bad will toward ill towards that. If that's mm-hmm. your, your thoughts, that's cool. But then you're not the right person for me. Um, you know, and, and I appreciate that. You know, that was the big thing is, is, and you know, unfortunately in the startup world, you do kind of go through that desperate part of, oh my God, I'm going to have to take the first check that comes because you're not paying yourself. You're, you're grinding hard, right? And so- yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to, back to, it's not red carpets and yeah. lights and autographs yeah. all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> but I liked out because I had um, financial support from one of my shareholders uh, who was my mentor turned shareholder. And so, you know, when there was times where I couldn't hit payroll, I had help and, you know, not a lot of people do. So it was, yeah, no, that's, it does. It, it, it is about, you know, it takes, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a, takes a, exactly. takes a, takes a, you know, it takes the same, it takes a city, it takes a, sorry, it takes a community to raise a company, especially yeah. a startup. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's why now, now what I want to do is I want to be an investor now, um, you know, and so I'm going to wait until I have my first successful, really good exit and, and I, yep. I want to be an investor and that's, that's, that's my, that's going to be my investment thesis. Well, and you're seeing the communities like the 51 and you talk about an indigenous focused, uh, investment fund out of, out of Vancouver. Is there anything like that in, in Alberta? Focusing around around indigenous companies and and things like that. No, there's not. No. Um, and mm, uh, it seems like it seems like an opportunity, uh, Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, I Raven Indigenous are just doing amazing things. To be honest, like I can't even give them as many kudos as I would love to because they're just they're doing such amazing things. And some of the investments that they have in their portfolio, we're all in a community. We all talk. Um, and uh, some of them are just oh, they're just doing amazing things, and nobody really believed in a lot of them. And these guys are believing in all of us, and they're they look at our finances like they do their full due diligence. They're not you know yep. It's, yep. you have to have a certain um, due diligence to get in and everything. But it's just cool to see that they're they're doing this because they've seen that there was a need for it, and um, that's it's just huge. So being part of the community, something I think maybe you said off, off, offline and some of the areas of inspiration that you, people look to you as like an inspiring leader for one, being successful and building a company from nothing, that in itself is, is huge. But talking about the LGBT community and as a woman, as a woman in tech, it, are those doors open in Alberta for, for other, for other individuals that are maybe in those, in those groups that are like, I don't feel that there's a path for me. Is that changing? Is, is it, is it something we got to work on? Kind of what, where's that in terms of like yeah. commentary? I think it's something that we're going to forever need to work on, unfortunately, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think it's changing. Um, you know, I, I, I do see it changing and like companies like how we, we talked about the 51 and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, groups that are holding, hosting a accelerators are making them a lot more diverse now uh and so i see i see the change happening and i see it coming uh and we're, we're fighting for it you know we're, we're we're bringing in the diversification and um obviously we won't go into too much government type stuff but it's um you know when everybody well you be, you be, you, be, you you sidestep my next question i'm like so what's the government's role <laughs> It's hard not to. It's not a political podcast, but it, 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 they they do play a factor of what happens in our province and we, in our city. Me too. If we can all get on board with diversification, then you know it can happen. And you know it is happening yeah. here, though. Like I was talking to somebody in Toronto the other day, um, and he heard from me on TechTO, and he was like, "How's the startup community in Calgary?" And I was like. Actually, it's actually a fantastic startup community. There's some really good companies here. Some of the largest investment series B and series A funds came out of Calgary. Um, and we should be proud of that. And, but we, we should still be proud of that, but we should still look at the little folks and the, you know, the folks like the small startups that are, are trying to get yeah. out there. Um, and we can't forget about those. Um, so. No, you have the, like the, the Simon and or Simon with their 75 million raise. And like, those are, I, I like those stories because they get on a, they get on a national radar, they get bigger and it gets them more, you know, I had Daniel Tory on um, uh, way, but I think last summer maybe. And you know, she even talked about three years ago going on road trips and getting the what is a Calgary. She goes, but now three years later, I'm not hearing that anymore. She says, I'm going to Toronto, I'm going to the Valley. People are like, oh no, I've heard of Calgary. You know, maybe what they've heard about or how the mountains, the Banff, like Louise, Stampede, thing, thing, things like that. But just getting us on the radar. But you're right, I, I think that. Uh, these startups, the startup movement and these small companies, these entrepreneurs, that is our way forward as a, to raise the quality of life in the city. I'm a big believer that capitalism done well is an incredibly powerful tool for raising the quality of life. Right. Done well being the optimal uh, asterisk I threw on that statement. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I do, you know, I think I, I, 
the community has changed so much in like Daniel said in this last three years. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing to see. Uh, I love it. And I love that there's so many things popping up people that are aspiring startup. And even though they don't get there, if they don't get it off the ground, they're coming out and trying and the community is supporting them and helping them through that, you know, and yes. it's, it's just such a neat thing that it'd be nice if that was fully there when I started, but it it's cool to see, you know, well, hey, kudos to you for being part of making sure it's there now. Yeah. Like, you know, someone, someone's <laughs> got to be the first wave, you know what I mean? You got to hit the beaches and kind of blaze bla- blaze, blaze the trail, if you will. <laughs> I, I've heard that from a few people. I was even, I was talking to uh, Corey Jansen from Ulta, Ulta ML yesterday, and he made the comment of like, you know, the oil and gas industry, you know, his, it was broad kind of overarching commentary around like, you know, they're often in such heavy competition with each other because they're fighting over the same piece of land or the same asset, where the startup tech community you know, you want your talent to go learn from other companies and come back and you want people to move around and you want to support each other because it just elevates a bigger pool for everybody to benefit from here. Yep. And I, I, I really like that because it really has a true sense of the word community in it versus the me, me versus you yeah. kind of mindset. One thing that I love about the Calgary community too is, is you might talk to somebody and, and, and say, Oh, you know what? Um, I might not be able to help them, but I know somebody in the community that can help you. So I'm going to send you an yeah. introduction and you're like, Hey, so-and-so meet so-and-so you guys have something to talk about here you go and i'm gonna i'll make my exit here and you get so many of those and it's the community just kind of passing it and moving it forward and it's always paying it forward i guess so to say you know and it's, it's something that made me always feel a part of the community that maybe that's why now i eat breathe and sleep the startup world you know because i love mm, that. interesting yeah. Well, once it, you know, what the give and give back and that, and that cycle, I do love that. I grew up in a small town in Southern Quebec and Calgary hands down has all the like similar characteristics of that thousand person small town that I just didn't find living in Montreal or living in Toronto. I love those two cities, but Calgary has a big small town feel of like, we can be successful together, not this scarcity. I get to get mine. And if you get it, then I don't have it. Like that, I've always felt that there was a little bit more of an inclusive success mindset here versus the mine, 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 which is not going to help grow something from scratch, kind of with what the tech community is here. And not minimizing, there's been a lot of things going on here over the years. A lot of companies have done some amazing, even list talking to uh, Corey about what's happening at U of A from an AI perspective over the last 20 years. Yeah. And it's just, it just goes under the radar for most people. Like we do have some pretty amazing things happening in this, in this province. We do. And it's, it's actually really cool to be like, I live there now. You know, this is my province. This is, uh, I have a yes, startup that is, yeah. the community here that is on the map and people know about it. And, you know, and it's cool to be a part of that. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't change it uh when i was raising there was a slight part of me that was saying you know what i should i should move virtual gurus to toronto uh, oh you, you you've jumped on my next question yeah. already i'm like is did, did you has there ever been a thought about about being somewhere else yeah <laughs> but not now uh that's gone i i I want to be a part of the economic growth here um, now more than ever. Uh, but uh, awesome. last year when I was raising, yeah, you know, I, it, it was, it was hard. It's hard not to take that personal when you have that many people saying no to you, when you know you have something, um, you know, but that's the thing that's a part of the grind and that's part of the real part of it. Like it's, it's, it's the struggle is real when it comes to that. And <laughs> I hear you. So I had to push beyond that and test myself and make it beyond that. And, and in retrospect, maybe some of the investors wanted to see that too. And, you know, I bet you they did. And, and so it's, it's cool to see because I lived past that in a sense of got virtual groups to that over that next hump of closing their, their first round. And, uh, and, and now I feel like, okay, this is good. I've got this. I'm here, you know? Um, so it felt good, but I, I, it was a very small, small part of me that wanted Toronto. I wouldn't, it's very expensive there. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's, and it's, it's a great city, but it's not, it's not Alberta. It's not Calgary. <laughs> the, the quality of life we have here is just, anyway, it's, it's, as I look out at this beautiful blue sky day and, you know, which there was probably, it's probably be a, a, a th- crazy thunderstorm later, but for right now it's yeah. really nice. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, and you think about those, you know, 170 no's. Those are also 170 relationships that you can revisit and have conversations. And so much of the advice I've heard from so many people on the show is like, fundraising isn't I need it now, so I'm going to build the relationships now. It's making sure you're taking the time to like be on people's radar and give them little updates and really like let them know what's going on with you and how much that's easy to overlook when you're like quote unquote head down ass up doing the work. Right, and that's the thing is 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 those relationships that came from a lot of that was. Um, the one thing where like maybe the first 10 no's I was like upset and took it personal but then afterwards oh me, me you're still human too yeah. you still it's hard not to park those emotions yeah, you know, but then afterwards it was like okay what can I do you know and I would take people's um, constructive feedback and and I would be like oh okay I'm gonna change this oh I'm gonna do this and then I started reaching out to them 
and and getting advice. And now I've actually made like hundreds of investor friends from it because I I, I took That's awesome. needing to get their advice on to why and what is the why? What do we need to focus on? What KPIs are better? What are this, this, and that? And I really, really focused on on learning from it and turning it into, you know, a learning, which is good for my current investors because I changed everything I needed to in that year to get investors to really like what we've done um, while maintaining the growth and the scale part of it. So um, I've had, I've had lots of guests on that talked about, you know, that being so, you know, protective of your idea or so limited to wanting to get feedback and taking it personally versus, you know, using every opportunity you can to learn, engage, and like take people's advice that have stepped on different landmines than you and I have ever stepped on and kind of been down different phases of the journey. And you got to, it's it's not a time to be fragile. <laughs> oh, and that's one thing I've, I've learned is, is, you know, I'm naturally kind of a sensitive person. I'm also very shy and kind of an introvert. So, all of it just, you know, and, and I'd realize I'm going to have to just put myself out there and just suck it up. Um, you know, in honesty, like I talk about it to this day, but in all honesty, um, I wouldn't change those 170 no's for anything because it's those 170 no's that made me stronger for what I am at today with virtual gurus and my learning. Like I've learned so much in that last year, uh, that I've learned so much about raising. Now I, I can walk into a room and, um, you know, pitch what virtual grows is and pitch what we're doing and why we do it in our revenue and know our KPIs. And, you know, so I learned a lot and that was, that's really good. Thank you. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. a day without learning is a wasted day. Yeah. So I'm just curious. And something I talk about sometimes with people, some people are willing to talk about it. Sometimes not even the personal side, you mentioned like, I'm an introvert. I'm kind of shy. I take things personally, like to put those human, like we're all human. Did you work with a coach or did you have anyone help you? Because you, you said earlier, you know, like CEO, like I know, like I all of a sudden I was the CEO. Like, and sometimes there's that that moment of we get elevated into these positions just by the nature of things. But there's such a there's a, such a personal journey to be on to to get there. Yeah. Did you have someone, or did you have part of that? Was that part of the mentorship of just helping yourself get to a place of confidence and being able to engage in those rooms a little bit differently? Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if you know the story, but I'm okay with telling it. But I'm notoriously own, known, sorry for. Um, for choking on my demo day. Uh, so. I did not know that. I love the word notorious by itself. But no, I did. Please tell me because no, I did not know that word. You're no- yeah. I didn't know you were notorious in that way. <laughs> um, I will know you for, from, for that forever forward though. Notorious. Oh my God. So I'm not a public speaker. I And this was before, right? So I my demo day, I had to get up on stage with... Um, you know, uh, Arlene Dickinson was there and, and like 200 people in the crowd. Uh, and it was just, it was really good. I don't know. There was a lot of people. It was, a, it was my moment to shine. Yep. I just couldn't do it. Um, I took a look at the crowd. I just, yeah, not going to do it. And I just said, I'm out. I'm not doing it. And I basically. Oh, wow. I know. I know. I, I could see where you'd be yeah. known that that would create yeah. a stir. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How, how, how long ago, how long ago was that? Well, that's the thing. It was in, it was in 2018. Okay. Yeah, 2018. So then, um, it's two years ago in normal time. That probably is two two decades ago in entrepreneur startup time. <laughs> um, 2018, 2017. Yeah, yeah, 2018. Um, so the funny thing was, is I I put myself out there after that because I realized if I'm going to be the CEO of this company and I know we're going somewhere now, I'm going to have to learn how to get on stage and pitch and stuff. So I went to Startup Fest in Montreal with Startup Calgary crew and Yelling crew. And everybody kept telling me, you have to go to the tent and pitch. And there's these investors all sitting there with the lake behind them, the beautiful sun. And I'm pacing in front of their tent. I could do this. I could do this. And I couldn't do it. But I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I kept forcing myself. And finally, they came out and said, the tent's closing. And I went and I said, can I please get in? And they let me squeeze in by the hair, like a piece of hair. <laughs> and I went in. This, and is, this, is a great, this is a great story, origin story. I, I was freaking out. My face was red. I was I was scared. I had my, I had my sunglasses on, which was very thankful because it was really hot that day. And I just had 90 seconds to lay down the pitch. And I did. And I ended up becoming runner-up to the $100,000 prize of the... Uh, That's an amazing yeah. story. Thank you for sharing that story. That's so human and so real. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love a good Zoom call because somebody's pet, cat, dog, kid shows up as your dog just boom move through the move through the frame. <laughs> I love we're we're all so human now because we're all at home. <laughs> but um, you know, and that that itself was my. It, I didn't do it for anybody else. I did it for me because I needed to get over my fear of public speaking. So then I started um, pitching more. So then I went on to pitch 8,000 people in Silicon Valley at uh, Startup Grind and ended up becoming 
uh, pitching at a whole bunch of places that were a lot of people. And then I did five minute, I would increase my pitch time to seven minute, 15 minutes. And so I started getting better at it. And then I started getting a lot of requests for public speaking, like panels and, and stuff. And people knew that I wasn't the best at it, um, but they were still getting me out there more. And, and um, you know, now I, I feel like I'm a lot more comfortable. I'm not fully comfortable, but I'm a lot more comfortable. You know? I've I heard I had a coach years ago uh, that she said it's okay to have butterflies. If you, she goes, if you don't have butterflies before you speak, it's because you're not taking it serious enough. You just need to get them to fly in formation. It always <laughs> stuck with me as this funny mental image. She was like, if you're not nervous, it's because you're not taking it serious enough because you need to demand give the respect to this yeah. thing that you're doing. Yeah. And it was just something. The whole butterflies flying in formation. I always have that feeling of like in my stomach of like, no, we're all lined up. Okay, we're good. Everyone's flying in the right direction. Okay, we're okay. But yes, I still feel it. But the difference is what you feel versus. Who who acts and who doesn't. So that's a great story. That's man, that must've been an intense 90 seconds. And, and I know Montreal too. It's an intense environment. Yeah. It's high energy. It's, you know, it's, it's all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It was intense, but I, I came out and I was like, I did it. Woo. And then were- I'm not, I didn't die. No one threw anything at me. I'm okay. Like all those horrors in my mind never happened. Yeah. And then they said that they would text you if you became the, um, the, the top group of 10. Um, and so we were all hanging out after with the whole startup crew and stuff. And they were all proud of me. We were all like, yeah, you did it. You did it. And then I got a text saying, congrats, you're in the top 10. And I was like, Oh, um, and I, you know, I was like, okay, okay. And then I got into the top five and then the top three. And then it was like, Whoa. Um, so it, it felt good. And I think that that was actually my moment of like clarity in a way of, you know, the world isn't so bad. Uh, getting on stage and pitching or doing this or getting public speaking. They're not, they're not going to eat you up. And, you know, I, I don't even remember what I said in the pitch. It just was a blur, but I'm sure it is a huge blur. Yeah. Just 90 second blank. Like, yeah. And by, I love the strategy. You waited right to the end. So people, it'd be memorable. Like, you know, be first or be last. There's so many theories around that, that just by, by default, like you, 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 you know, through, through happen circumstance, you put yourself in actually a really good position and be like, Whoa, Hey, you know, it's the end of the day. And like this person comes out, clearly intense because I'm as nervousness shows up as intensity sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really, that's a really cool story. And I love the, the lesson behind it of like, you, you got to throw yourself into the fray. Yeah. You got it. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if startups, you know, startups can obviously, you know, um, the one thing is, is startups are not just about the product and the service itself. Like you, you still have to always put yourself out there because you have to, you have to put yourself out there. Um, startups can obviously like thrive without putting yourself out there. Any company can. You don't have to necessarily put yourself mm-hmm. out there, I guess. But if you are in the startup community, a lot of it is based around getting yourself out there and pushing yourself forward and testing yourself mm-hmm. and and really like growing. And the more you grow personally is what I found is the more your company grows and the more health of the company in this. And so I was really doing that. I was also doing it to show my staff that you know, if I can do it, they can do it. But I was also wanted to show them that, you know, I wanted to inspire them to want to work for virtual gurus. And so that was really important too. But. I've heard vote leading by example isn't the best way. It's the only way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, it's such a, a good commentary on like just it sometimes gets pushed aside or, you know, maybe was looked at as the fluffy side, but we're just humans on a journey and going through these things as we grow these companies. And I like what you said, you don't have to put yourself out there, but I'm a firm believer that people connect with people more than they connect with ideas or, you know, what is a brand? It's kind of just a made up personality for a company Mm -hmm. when yourself putting yourself out there as, you know, large and in charge and part of this whole thing, I do believe it's huge, especially in the startup world where, you know, your ideas maybe, well, I don't know, it's just another idea, but man, she's got it. Wow. Like that energy. Like, I think there is so much to that, yeah. that, that allows people to connect. We're still humans and we connect to other humans. Like right. as much technology is out there at the end of the day, we still are just people connecting with right. other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when I look back at it, I think a lot of what I've done in this last three years, especially two years was more for a lot of personal growth than anything. Um, you know, and then that's the thing where you. now you look at it and you're like, wow, all right. Cause just talking about the story of startup fest with you just now kind of brought back the whole memories of, you know, how much I've grown since then. And that was only two years ago. So <laughs> probably look back at that person two years ago of like, as, as almost a stranger in the sense of like, wow, like I can't imagine the last two years of growth that your company's gone through. Just, just amplify that to your own personal journey. Yeah. I really appreciate the share and just being honest about it because sometimes it doesn't get talked about like the Euro human side. It's more like, what are your numbers and how did you raise money and what was your pitch? But it's still a bunch of humans kind of banging their way through figuring things out. That's it. Not to oversimplify, but it's, you know, it it gets easily overlooked sometimes in business with business speaking. It does. 
It does. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm trying to work on more is being able to focus on what is it that we've actually created, you know, um, with virtual growers, what have we created? Cause a lot of people don't even fully know the full back end of what we've created in the Ask Betty. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, it's, I really want to be able to, my number one goal is to inspire other people to get out there and just to do it. You know, if you, you're feeling like, I can't do this, I can't, you know, you can like, and, and it's cool to get emails every day on LinkedIn or people hearing my story saying, you know, you, you've inspired me. Like, I'm going to do this. Here's my idea. What do you think? I just talked to a lovely lady last week. She called in and wanted a meeting with me and I, I agreed to, she has a startup idea but she just heard my story and she's also a person of color and really kind of wasn't sure how, mm-hmm. you know, and I let her, you know, basically I hate the the quote, but it, you know, is pick my brain for an hour. And, and I gave her a bunch of advice, sent her a few emails of resources and, you know, and it's just, it's nice to know that, you know, and I think that that's the part that makes it all worth it. You know? But that catalyst that you could create by investing an hour, which is obviously time is the one thing we can't make more of, but how we use it, that like that could easily be the game changing moment for that individual to just almost give them permission to move to that next step. It. Yeah, it's okay. And that little bit of encouragement when you're standing on the edge of the diving board, like, uh, should I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and it usually is never as bad as uh, for me. The story I tell in my mind is always saying, I'm a good storyteller, clearly, because the story is way worse than it ever is in reality when it actually happens. <laughs> no one threw rotten vegetables at me when I was on stage. That never happened. It does happen, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, so in terms of obviously super busy, you're running, you're growing a business. Do you have time? Like, Do you have enough time to... You said you had that call. Like, Do you carve out that time in your life to make sure that you can be mentoring and reaching out and being a, a mentor and a leader in the community? Um, I do now because I've hired a COO. Um, <laughs> yes, the angel, angel singing in the background. <laughs> Um, she has just been, we're, we're just, we're just a phenomenal team together. And, you know, when you bring on a COO and you're a founder and you're bringing on a CEO, you're essentially marrying this person in a way where you're like, okay, because you have to, you have to be able to mesh, you know? And I was really scared about that, which I guess is probably why it took me so long to bring somebody on. But I strongly think that people will fall into your laps when the time is right and when they need to, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the talents that you need. And, and she, she did, she came and, uh, you know, the cool thing was, is, is we got an Alberta Innovates grant for her. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Uh, Great. So her salary. And uh, so it, it was, it was just, it all just kind of happened and was the perfect timing. Um, and her and I mix so well together. She's just running the full operation. So since I've had to take off the operations part of, you know, and now I can focus on being the face of the business, um, focus on really overseeing the whole marketplace build, the tech team, the finance team and everything. We can, there's so much time because really all my days consist of is, well, not all my day, but it consists of meetings, uh, meeting with sales manager, meeting with COO, meeting with the financing, meeting with, you know, and really taking to that next level and then being still the visionary behind the whole service and the whole product itself. Um, you know how many startup people right now are just, are, are, are like got stars in their eyes yeah. to be where you are at? Yeah. Like it's, oh, you're doing the vision. Like you're doing the thing. And that that's a huge it, success story. That's great. So mm-hmm. freaking good. Part of my friends. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is an adult. This is an adult podcast. You can say whatever you want. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but it feels so good because it's just like, ah, I can breathe. Um, I just moved and I'm able to move and have a little bit of time. I'm able to take a day or two off here and there where I haven't taken a day off in four years, like, you know, three years before hiring her. So um, it just feels good. And so now I do have time. My assistant knows how to schedule my calendar in a way where I don't do more than three or four meetings in a day um, because I want to give myself the follow-up. So I want to make sure I'm getting everything I need done. You know, and it, it's it's good. Um, we're now able to finish working on the marketplace and creating my vision behind the marketplace. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's where now we focus on Ask Betty, which is launching right away. Um, Slack is is on on par for it, but it's it's basically uh, by the task. Um, so not everybody necessarily needs a uh, full time assistant or a dedicated okay. assistant. Yep. So you can just go into Slack and say, "Hey, Betty," and Betty will come up and be like, "Hey, Tyler, what's up?" And then you'll say. Uh, you know, I just want to get this task done and you have to log in once to be able to put your own billing in so we don't see your billing. Mm-hmm. But then anytime you're in Slack while you're on the go on your phone, you can get her to do tasks and you get task credits and it's like $6.50 a task. Um, and no, that's, that's so interesting. That's going to expose you to such a yeah. broad opportunity. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, we, it feels like, a, it feels like you got a tiger by the tail on that one. To be honest, I 
think we do and Slack, uh, they love it. They love, love, love it. We've actually had some really good conversations with their venture fund. Um, and uh, we've had some large corporations saying, you know, would I be able to build, take that Slack app and, and, and get enough credits for all of my stuff? Because we can do any tasks through there. What it's doing is leveraging human assistance via the bot, mm-hmm. right? Through the bot. So, um, and I love I love that interface where we're using technology to augment human experience, not to not to eliminate it or to you know some of that fear, like oh, technology actually no, it's enabling so much of the the right human to talk to the right human to solve the right problem at the right time. That's huge. yeah, and they're all fifty minute tasks, so it can be anything from I'm landing in LA, book my car, have it at the airport ready for me, to um, to I'm going to a meeting and this PowerPoint slide needs to be edited big time before I go to my meeting at four p.m. and you can upload. Uh, documents right into the Slack and it comes right into our platform. We get it done. It goes back. Um, and so Betty is basically a whole bunch of people and um, they're, they're, they're scabbing the tasks. And it- I really, I, I really, for the sake I'm a marketer. I love ask Betty. I think that's it's good. Right. Good. good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really good. No, it is. I I really I really like it. <laughs> good because I've had you know it took me a while to figure out how can we can we name this thing like we can't you know everyone anyone who doesn't do naming for a living it is the hardest thing ever because <laughs> <laughs> if it's a good thing it's already used is it relevant oh my god right. it's, it's one of the most challenging things to do so I I really like Ask Betty I think it's great that's cool that's cool actually it was uh, Slack that gave us the idea to put an A we were going to name it Betty.io. Um, yep. And then Slack uh, gave us the idea to put an A at the beginning. So I was like, well, I'm going to ask Betty to do your task. Oh, ask Betty. Ask Betty. To do <laughs> I love how ideas show up you hours and hours in the boardroom and all of a sudden, bang, bang, it, happen- it happens. <laughs> that's really, that's really exciting. That feels, oh my God, that feels like a huge, like, that's a, feels like a force multiplier for you guys in terms of exposure. Yeah, it's going to, I think that that's going to be our big, our big thing. Um, I think that that's going to, well, that will, that with the Virtual Gurus Academy will complete the marketplace, but uh it's, it, I think that that's going to be our big break. Um, not that we need another big break, but I just think it's going to be quite big. Uh, well, it's exciting and it's fun to share what's going on and to hear the, the ever evolving journey of an idea. Like it started with an idea and then it just evolves and it grows. And I'm sure you're, I love how you're filling your vision. You keep drawing that. I can see you draw the circle in your mind when you talk, when you talk about it. <laughs> and, 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 and as that's gone through and kind of, and, and it must be so exciting to, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, not to, not to oversimplify, but holy shit. Yeah. Hey, don't look around. Don't look now, but I think it's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the, the, the plus side for, for us on this is we want to provide more work to marginalized folks, right? As our main, main, main big thing. So um, for this, it's people can come in and they can turn their profile on so that they're taking tasks. So if they say they only want to work from 10 until four every day, they could just sit there from 10 to four, just doing all these tasks and they get paid. Like, so on a 10 to four shift, they're getting paid and like, Monday to Friday, they'll be getting paid like 3000 a month for just doing that. So we try to make it really cost efficient so that the client doesn't have to put a lot up, but at the same time, yep. we're being able to pay a fair wage. Well, at the same time, we've got pretty healthy margins. I heard you loud and clear with the fair, with the fair wage on the, uh, at, the, at the start of that story and being able to give people the, the flex, that flexibility, that the, the, the need to customize our lives in every way and be able to facilitate that. Technology is doing that so well and it's only becoming more. We only want, we want things just the way we want them from where our car is that we called and you know, the, the, where we rent our just the constant Uber and, and Airbnb examples. But if you start applying that to every, every area of life, that's where I'm really excited about the marketplace and the kind of platform economy and what that's allowing to facilitate. Yeah. And, and actually raising it's raising the bar on people's quality of life not taking jobs away which i know some like i know that there's different views sometimes around technology and the role it plays but i think used well with good intentions yeah. it can actually raise the bar for people in quality it totally of life. can yeah yeah. Oh, yeah bobby i think we could go for another hour but we're not going to do it we're not going to go full <laughs> joe rogan here we'll just keep it um i really appreciate one just hearing the story and getting to know you because again i've heard of you didn't know anything. Didn't know anything about your story. Didn't know about your Montreal moment. I'm so glad you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Felt a little bit vulnerable even sharing it because it's because it's real. So those are the things that define us, right? It's not it's not the shiny bits. It's those bits. <laughs> yeah. Any any words of advice or any thoughts? And you know, as as a leader and someone that people look to, any any words of any words you want to kind of leave with the audience from whether it's a startup community, LGBTQ, women in tech. Again, pick a pick a category. You've got a wide <laughs> breadth of inspiration there uh, behind you. Um. I don't know. I, it, you know, like virtual gurus is motto right now. That's why we have t-shirts and hats and everything out to say it. And we have enough the notebooks is inspire, innovate and succeed. Um, you know, if, if, 
you have an idea and you're, you, you, you know, obviously you want to make sure that it's a good idea. Get, get involved in the accelerators. There's so many amazing accelerators out there and um, really amazing groups. Like there's quite a few here in Calgary now, the platform, Thin Air Labs. Like there's some really good uh, mm-hmm. reinforce, like really good things happening. Um, you know, get out there and validate your product and, and you know, don't, don't be afraid to go out and, and like, be yourself. Like, don't change who you are because, you know, it's often too, I see people not being who they are. And when I go to network events with friends that are in the startup community and I notice they're a little bit different than what they are, if I was sitting and having a beer with them, you know, I'm just like, hey, man, like, be who you are. Like, don't don't be afraid to be who you are, Um, you know, and that's super important because community needs more of that and that's part of it if all of us come together and do it then then you know our diversification will happen and we're going to be seeing changes and it is already happening but we need everybody to be able to do that you know um, i hear you with this you know just calgary alone in the economic transformation alberta what we're going through we need everybody off the sidelines we need everybody on the field there shouldn't like gender like, those things shouldn't even be a factor in my mind because we this is an all hands on deck like this problem is bigger than all of us but yet can be solved by all of us together yeah. and i think that that's a huge opportunity yeah. i'm very very bullish on alberta and calgary and but it's because of people like yourself and the community around you and everybody we talked about today, just in terms of the startup world, that is going to make us a different future than we have. And I'm very, very optimistic about that, especially after talking to stories like yourself. I love it. This is very inspirational. I'm super like, I'm kind of vibrating a little bit. Your energy is very infectious, Bobby. Ah, Thank you. I love it. No, it was fantastic. Well, uh, and you're very open. So what's the best way for someone to to get hold of you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it directly like going on virtual gurus? Like how do, how do I get to, to, to share some of that, that pick your brain a little bit? (laughs) You you LinkedIn me or, or go on, you know, the website is good, but you most likely can't get a hold of me through the website. Uh, I, I uh, try to separate myself from, from that, that area of being contacted. Through there. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it can be a nonstop if you're not careful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, LinkedIn and, you know, Bobby Reset, um, and, uh, certainly, you know, I'm always open to try to find time to, to, to help people chat with people, you know, have my brain picked, have a coffee. Um, you know, I'm, I'm there to try to help as much as I can. Um, you know, but. That's yeah. awesome, and I'm assuming either way, if somebody is either on the the client side or the or the or the virtual guru side, just go to the website. It's all there. I've been on your website. It's great. It's clear. It's easy to navigate. It seems like it's all there. Mm-hmm. And definitely, like you know, give me a call uh, through LinkedIn or or on the website, and um, you know, I try to be there. I try to be available. Try, you know. I, I appreciate that. Busy, a busy entrepreneur build, building building a dream. And that's fantastic. Bobby, thanks so much. Thanks for your time today, your honesty, and your willingness to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 